It's the middle of March. It's supposed to belong to the NCAA tournament. Well, no one gave NFL the message. Folks, it's the league that goes all year long. Let's discuss it. This is the push-off. Welcome, everybody, to a new episode of the Push-Off Podcast, your favorite weekly NFL show that discusses everything that happens in the offseason and gets you ready for this crazy free agency to continue. I'm your host, Scott Hogan, and joining us, as always, it's... Dan took a week off just to watch it deeper. Right. Excuse me. That's right, Dan. Yeah, we are. Uh, we come and in. Scott and just fell down the stairs very quickly. I'm trying to move Small my computer closer. Get get these cords closer to my head. Um, we are. Uh, yeah, coming. I guess. Uh, yeah, a week later than your usual time because it's the off season and we don't have the push to uh, to be on the mics constantly. And uh, I had some trips and stuff to work around. I was watching my boy on my own last Sunday. So we're coming to you though uh, after a barrage of the beginning of free agency yeah it's hard you know normally our stuff comes out on like a monday or tuesday but by monday night you know things were flying uh mm. footloose and fancy free you know there were a lot of <laughs> uh a lot of deals getting made even monday night so i, I th- it seems like it's finally settled down although we did have a couple trades today on a sunday uh yeah piqued my interest i know there you go. Um, yeah, I want to go through that, and then we also have to have time to continue our prospect look at the uh, 2023 class coming in in uh, just over a month in the NFL draft in Kansas City. Dan, what prospect class are we looking at today? We are talking about the hybrids, the big boys with soft, soft hands. We're talking about those tight ends today. The blockers, the receivers. Uh, the guys who don't get paid as much as the receivers but run all the same routes. They're the big guys, yeah. Uh, excited to talk about this class. Uh, we had ourselves an elite prospect just last week in the uh, wide receiver class of Jackson Smith uh, and Jigba. Mm-hmm. And so I'm excited to see if we get another one today. Do you um, want to know? N- no. Let's hold it off okay. for the second half of the show. I think we need to jump into free agency talk. And uh, I pulled up NFL.com's list where they talk about signings to kind of get an idea. Actually, this is not the signings list. This is the list of people they cut. Um, I'll try to find the signings one um, to let us get through it that way because I think that's going to be the easiest way to do this. Now, to start, uh, we'll go by division. Okay. And to start, I want to say that the two biggest news topics – Come from my division. Come from the NFC North from this last Probably week. True. And we're going to start with the one that technically has taken place because the other one, whatever the hell, we'll talk about it. But let's start <laughs> with the number one overall pick has been traded. Chicago Bears have shipped off the number one. Wait, it's one. been this long since we've done this? We have not talked about this trade yet. Oh, my God. Carolina Panthers are now on the clock, ladies and gentlemen, and that's where I want to begin our free agency discussion. We'll talk about what the Bears will have here, but the first overall pick to the Panthers, Bears are getting 
the ninth overall pick. So the Bears are moving back eight spots, and in order to move back eight spots, they are also getting their third-round pick this year from the Panthers, which is 61st overall, their first-rounder next year, which, let's be honest, it's the Carolina Panthers. It's probably not going to be in the second half of the first round. We'll see. No. Uh, the second-rounder next year. And, oh, yeah, wide receiver, their number one wide receiver, DJ Moore. So when I first heard this trade, I thought to myself, Bears stay in the top 10. They get a top 20 wide receiver, which I would say DJ Moore is in that in that bracket of top mm-hmm. 20 wide receiver in the league who has had nothing but shit-ass quarterbacks throwing him the ball almost his entire career. And to also get the fucking haul they got, this is a huge, huge win for the Bears. This fixes an immediate position of need. Um, with a top 20 player at his position. This doesn't drop you out of the top 10, so you can get another impact player in this year's draft that can help you right away. And Carolina is going to be rebuilding for a, a couple of years. Yeah. Um, so the fact that they got even even more first-rounders out of it, it's just tremendous. They, they did such a fucking good job with this. Yeah, Carolina moving up, uh, jumping... Falcons, well, yeah, Falcons would be one. Um, we know Colts, Colts are, maybe, we know Texans yeah. are. Yeah, jumping all those people to get a quarterback. And you jump everybody. I mean, the Bears made it very clear that they were sellers at that spot. So I guess that's where you can go because you could have gone to the Cardinals at three and hope that the Texans don't take the guy you fall in love with. But it kind of feels like Panthers love a guy. They love sure. one of these QBs. And we've already talked about the QBs. Do you have a guess of who it is? I mean, if they if they watch the same film I watched, um, it can't it cannot be Bryce Young? But mm-hmm. I have a weird feeling like maybe it is. Um, yeah, maybe it is. You know, I love C.J. Stroud. I thought C.J. Stroud is far and away the best quarterback prospect in this draft. Um, some people were talking about Anthony Richardson climbing the boards, climbing the boards. Yeah. Um, like I said, Anthony Richardson's got some absolute freak capabilities. But if I'm rebuilding my franchise from nothing. I'm taking the guy that's going to at least give me plus um, capabilities, like a Marcus Mariota floor, you know what I mean, in C.J. Stroud. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, So we'll have to wait and see what the Carolina Panthers are doing, but the the Chicago Bears, oh boy, they get to – they get to start being buyers now, and they are been since free agency has begun. Um, The move back to the number nine, I guess, before we leave that topic, uh, just to to bottle it up in here – the top non-QB picks in this draft, have, which we haven't kind of gotten to the other guys yet, they've kind of gotten a ding, well, at least as far as the Georgia guy, Jalen Carter here. It looks like mm-hmm. his uh, pro day wasn't even that great. No, no, he's having a rough go of it right now. Um, he's having a pretty rough life. But, I mean, honestly, his life has been in a bit of a uh, kerfuffle ever since that uh, car yeah. accident. So, you know, some of it is somebody is either going to uh, take a big swing on Jalen Carter early and get what his film shows you, mm-hmm. or get a guy who's completely lost his fucking ass, or he's going to fall in the draft, and somebody's either going to take a flyer, um, try to rebuild his confidence, or they'll get the steal of the draft. That's just and the way it's going to go. I I can't see him falling out of the, honestly the top fifteen. Okay, yeah, and we'll so we'll talk about him when we get to that edge class, um, but that is not this day. Um, what else do the Bears do? So the Bears, uh, you know, they're not going to draft the QB with that first overall pick. They don't need to. They went out and got P.J. Walker mm-hmm. <laughs> in free agency. So they're set. They're so set. Um, but no, they obviously, um, 
Justin Fields, but their other signings of free agency, uh, Adanta Foreman and Travis Homer at running back. They've uh, restacked their entire running back class here. Tight end Robert Tanyan uh, from the uh, Packers. Nate Davison, guard. Uh, Andrew Billings. Tremaine Edmonds, who we uh, watched in a prospect class too when we did And TJ Edwards at linebacker. Uh, the TJ Edwards. Um Wait, you mean, oh yeah, t- sorry, I always get Edmonds and Edwards, so that's going to be confusing. They got both the of them, of yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, they've got the Eds in the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought they did a fucking great job in free agency. I thought they absolutely uh, destroyed this trade. I, I thought this trade was pretty good without DJ Moore. <laughs> yeah. And then to get DJ Moore on top of it is just icing on the cake. So the Bears are so far winning the offseason. I, yeah. I hate to say this to you, Scott, but, no. you know, they had a long way to go. They were the number one overall pick for a reason, but they're making all the right moves, and uh, Ryan Poles is looking looking like he's not going to be buying drinks in Chicago for at least the rest of the offseason. Yeah, look, when you're the worst record team in the previous year, you have to go win. I mean, that's that's the place you go win is the offseason, so we'll see what happens then. They have to make the right choices with these picks, all these picks they got first, and we see how that front office finally does. Ryan Poles is yeah. a, a brand-new GM. Um a little bit though, I, I think back of I expected them at least in picks to get what they got. Uh, the 49ers, when they moved up for Trey Lance, that was like 12 to three. Now it's not the first overall pick. There were guys sure. gone already at that point. but from 12 to three, they gave up almost the same in, in pick compensation, I think, a couple of firsts, second the previous year, I think, all that stuff. So I think the difference there is the DJ Moore trade because yes, yes. there is there are certain guys that are rated at like, what do you think you'd have to give up to get DJ Moore? The DJ Moore trade was big, but also I think he was on his last leg of that contract. You got new everybody coming into Carolina. So they were ready. They're going to move on from him. So they well, he, had, he still had three years left on that deal. Did he really? Okay. Yeah, I thought it was at the end of his deal. That's no, no, no. He, he had re-signed his deal, but it's still fairly affordable. Uh, to get a guy like DJ Moore, I thought to just get DJ Moore, you were probably going to have to give a, a first and a third anyway, yeah. just to get DJ Moore out of Carolina. So the fact that they were able to get him, that to me amounts to a first and a third, which I think just elevates how good I found, um, how found, how good I found this trade, yeah. and the fact that it was a position of tremendous need for the Bears. Like he immediately becomes their number one wide receiver. That was the difference. The DJ Moore thing is the difference between those trades. That's true. Um, okay, so let's move on and talk about the other big news thing because obviously we want to get through the tight ends. The other big news topic of this week, and we don't know what the compensation is or technically if it's even going to happen yet, but is Aaron Rodgers going to the New York Jets? He said he's decided. He said they are hemming and hawing and going back and forth. But uh, he has made his, according to his interview with Pat McAfee, he has made his intentions to play for the Jets clear. Um, It doesn't look like he's going to be retiring, and it doesn't look like he wants wants to play for the Packers anymore. So, I mean, you got to move him. And at this point, like, the longer you wait, the less you get. So I'd I'd fucking move, uh, you know. But what is he going to be worth? Two first round picks for a thirty nine year old quarterback that you have to spend, pay all that money and everything too. Like, there's still a lot to wonder about this trade. It's I think it it's a way. There's a way to win for both sides here. But if Green Bay gets too greedy, then no. I mean, what is I think a Green chance? Bay just wants? Green Bay I think is fine with eating a little bit more of the money. 
but in order to do that, they want to get the picks. Sure. You know, and if you're if you're the Jets, you're like, hey, why don't we just give you the money? You know, we're the New York fucking Jets. You're the Green Bay Packers. We got more money than you do. <laughs> like, why don't we just give you the money and you give us the guy, and we'll do it that way? But I, I don't think that helps the the Green Bay Packers rebuild with the speed that they want to rebuild. True. And so, you know, I I think that's what's holding it up is like how much money's going to the Jets, how much money are the Packers going to be eating this year in dead player, cap, which could be tremendous. Yeah, but once a player has gone on to a show and say this is the team and it's already been discussed, I mean, there's nobody else the Packers can ship them off to. There's no other options the Packers have, right? Um, that's not necessarily you true. You don't trade them, then you're just going to spend all that money and have a guy who's not very happy to be there play as your starting QB. So there's the there's the other part that like they've had an unhappy Aaron Rodgers for years, you know what yeah. I mean? So like maybe they're just going, "Hey Aaron, we're not going to trade you at all. Like you can retire if you want to and not get any of this fucking money." So like there's still leverage from all points, but it is a it is very much entered into Mexican standoff yeah. where We've been watching this Mexican standoff for so long. We're like, just somebody pull any trigger. I don't care if you all die. <laughs> like, just somebody pull a trigger here and move the move these guys the fuck out. You know, get these things moving. Or maybe the sticking point is actually um, Zach Wilson. You know, maybe Zach Wilson is is being bandied about as a, a trading chip, and the Jets don't want to get rid of him. You brought that up when we talked about this trade initially, and I love that idea. Um, but we'll see if Packers even care about that because obviously, I think you know another big reason is to make the Jordan Love draft pick a few years back not seem like a, a waste uh, uh it's dumb pull so they they're trying to save face with that still too and i think if if roger stays it's another waste yeah jordan loves a waste um he, yeah, absolutely he is if he stays yeah and so but you look green bay is kind of held if you, what they've done a free agency so far is nothing so they they're held uh, hostage here with this trade they sh- really should make moves here uh before it's too late um the rest of the division my or the Lions brought in uh, David Montgomery from the Bears as uh, I think Williams is gone. Yeah, Jamal Williams, the the you know team favorite. He won him over the last two years, yeah. and then they just let him walk out. Uh, Cameron Sutton at cornerback coming in, and uh, defensive back C.J. Moore for the Lions. So they've, other than that, they've done re-signing, bringing back Craig Reynolds and Alex Al- Al- Anzalone and stuff for middle linebacker. Yeah, tough name to say, Alex Anzalone. It's Anzalone. Always of, it's always been one of the tough ones. But, yeah, I, I, your division, right, we're talking yep. about the Bears and Lions getting better. We're talking about the Vikings and Packers getting worse, obviously. Yeah. Vikings but lost that, a... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, that just means everybody's kind of meeting in the middle now, you know? Like, the the guys that were the, the leaders of this division for the past, like, 10 years are starting to slip, and the guys that are on the rise are on the rise the right way. You know, they're not on the rise with like a bunch of crazy splashy free agent picks. Like, you know, they're they're making the moves with like quality dudes at all positions of need. Sure. Yeah, and you got to build from the from the bottom where you were. I mean, the the Lions were there for a long long time and the Bears are there now. So, you build from the bottom while you're there. If if you're at the bottom and you're not going anywhere, then you know, you what the Houston Texans have been doing the last few years and what's the point? Um, my Vikings real quick. You're right. The it feels like there might be Ending down with their losses of, I mean, the uh, team favorite, uh, Thielen, cut before, since the last time we recorded. Kendricks is gone. Patrick Peterson is gone. Dalvin Tomlinson's gone. And there's still a chance that other guys get, get moved because there's a weird 
spot right now. Uh, they're not complete sellers, though. They brought in Marcus Davenport, Byron Murphy, a cornerback, Dean Lowry, defensive line, Josh Oliver for tight end, I'm assuming. Tight end two. You get Hawkinson's long-term deal done here. Yeah. And that's what a lot of these cuts of Thielen and Kendricks was, is this is money that we need to free up so that we can pay Jefferson and Hawkinson. I'm, I, that's what I'm assuming here. But um, Zedarius Smith, Dalvin Cook, a lot of that's still wandering around there. But uh, people like Harrison Smith took a huge pay cut to stick around. So there, it's not a complete teardown rebuild for this new GM, but he's certainly getting his guys in and moving other guys out. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, when you're in a position where you're kind of flexed in the cap, you've got to do what you've got to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they're I think they're making the right choices as stressful and as hurtful as they are to see some of these like long to long time favorites moving out. It kind of yeah. sucks. We'll see. Yeah, it's interesting. But yeah, I mean, I remember when Kendricks was drafted. So seeing hit, like even him move on is is difficult. But at the same time, that's the business. You got to get the younger yeah. guys in there. If you ever play, nobody uh, plays forever. Yeah, your franchise modes and stuff like that, and in Madden, you, you you sell them off when they hit the thirties. You got yeah, to. It's true. Um, I always trade. Everybody for me gets traded at the age of twenty nine. There you go. Yeah, you know what's what's the, where they're dipping their productivity is going to hit. Um, oh, let's yeah, move to your division, Dan, and your Cowboys. Uh, you brought in um, Stephen Gilmore, and just uh, right. here traded for Brandon Cooks, which um, I love. Okay, all right. Let's talk about so this. So we, the Gilmore thing, I think it's obvious that's a great trade. To get Stephon Gilmore for a fucking, what was it, a fifth rounder? Like, that's fucking great. You got a starting quality, like, top 20 corner in the NFL for, you know, a fifth round pick. I'll take that shit. That's fine. Um, to set him up across from Diggs, I think, is is great. And it's a position of need. We haven't been able to fill that other slot. Mm-hmm. You know, we've drafted guys in the second round. We've gotten guys in the fourth round. We've You know, we've tried developing guys we've tried getting talent that doesn't have like talent with high ceilings this immediately solidifies that position i'm very happy and then the cooks trade when you texted me about it immediately my thought was that's a lot of money that's going to get wrapped up in brandon cooks brandon cooks signed a deal that the houston texans are basically going to eat six million of his 18 million dollar cap hit so now the cowboys got him for a fifth rounder next year's sixth rounder and 12 million dollars I'm all about that shit. That's fantastic. There you go. This is actually the fourth time, too, Brandon Cooks has been traded. We'll trade him again next year. <laughs> this guy gets moved around a lot. Um, your team kept uh, Tony Pollard and mm-hmm. re-signed Leighton Van Der Esch, but um, just like my Vikings, not everybody stuck around. Zeke got moved here. He got cut. Yeah, Zeke got the June 1st, uh, which is that, that woeful designation of, you know, God, we gave you too much money. <laughs> we gave you so much money, we actually have to split it over a couple years. Um, I I loved Zeke. I have loved Zeke. I think he's a great Dallas Cowboy. I played for seven years, led the league in rushing twice. Absolutely, over the course of his time as a Cowboy, he made exactly the right amount of money. Mm-hmm. He really did. We paid him for... You know, to be taken at the number four overall pick, I know that's a high spot, but the first four years in the league, I don't know if there was a better running back in the NFL. He was fucking amazing. He slipped over the past couple years after he got his extension, which kind of sucks, but if you look back on it and you go, all right, we paid you $70 million for seven years. I think that sounds very, very fair to me um, in terms of total compensation for what he gave us. In fact, we might have even gotten a little bit of a, a fucking break on that. So 
Um, I'm going to miss him. Uh, probably still one of the best pass protection blockers at the running back position in the NFL, but he lost his explosion. And once you're a running back that loses your explosivity, um, you know, you're you're not commanding top dollar anymore. You're just not. And that's interesting. Obviously, if you're a player, you want to bet on yourself and you, you assume, you know, I'm going to be good and I'm going to keep trying and everything like that. But there's also the opportunity there to price yourself out in a way. Like, I'm... I'll take this huge contract and then find out in two, three short years that I can't play at that level anymore, and they know it, and I know it, and I can't. They know they can't give me the same amount of money, so they have to cut me. You know, I guess Des you can always Bryant, take a deal. You can always, yeah, yeah. Des Bryant did that. Odell is doing that now. Mm-hmm. You know, and but I also agree with him to a degree. Of like once you get that bag, you're like, well, I played this game for ten million dollars a year, and you want to give me three. Right, you know, it's a big, I played this game for fifteen. You want to give me five? No, yeah. no, that's yeah, it's, yeah. It's ego Humbling. shit. It's ego yes. shit, and also just straight up economics. Like you cannot. Odell Beckham is not worth twenty million dollars a fucking season. He's yeah. just not. Is he worth ten? Yeah. Is he worth more than Brandon Cooks? Maybe, but I'm getting Brandon Cooks for twelve, and I feel like that's fair. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I follow you. Let's uh, talk about the rest of your division. The uh, defending. NFC champs, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, they are bringing in Marcus Mariota. We have ourselves a little, as we had the QB carousel last year of starting QBs, this year is a QB carousel of, like, number twos. A lot yeah. of number twos switched around here this last week. Uh, one of them being Marcus Mariota going to the Eagles. Uh, they're also bringing in Rashad Penny. They bring in Greedy Williams. But they're lo- I mean, well, they're losing some people, and they did their best to bring a lot of people back is what I've noticed the Eagles have done. Yeah. Um, Jason Kelsey's not retiring. Uh, Boston Scott's coming back. Fletcher Cox in a, another year. James Bradbury and Darius Slay, who they thought was gone, coming back. Uh, they yeah. did lose Hargrave, uh, Sanders, and then Minshew, their backup. He'll go on to another one. But like we said, they got Mariota and they got Penny. So they're replacing guys that they lost. I don't know. They don't seem in the bad sorts as, as it seemed like they were when the free agency started. Um, I, I think they took a step back. I don't think they tumbled down the stairs. You know yes. what I mean? Like yeah. I, they clearly are not as good as they once were. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, they're not a they're not a fucking joke. They didn't lose everybody. I thought the guys, you know, losing Javon Hargrave sucks for them. Yeah, you know that was the big like you weren't able to keep your biggest free agent name. Um, but aside from that, yeah, I thought they held on where they needed to hold on. Um, I you know may, I think the Cowboys have had a better off season than them so far. And maybe that's the difference, but, you know, hey, there's been a lot of teams that have won the offseason and it hasn't gone anywhere for them, so who yeah, knows? What's your thoughts on these Giants offseason? They did Darren Waller trade. Uh, they for bring a in third. their tight end. Yeah, yeah. Darren Waller for a third. Whose coffee did he shit in in Vegas? <laughs> um, like, I, and while the Giants are doing that, Daniel Jones gets the big contract, four years, $160 million. And they don't let Saquon go out the door either. Give him the non-exclusive franchise tag. Um, all this while, the Giants are buying up big contracts and pretend they're they're saying they're still buyers, they're still players here in this market. They bring in Paris Campbell, wide receiver. Sure. Um, Bobby, uh, now is it Okariki? It's not Okariki. It's Okarake. Okarake. Yeah. Because Pat McAfee famously said it wrong. It. Bobby Okariki. Yep. It's been in my head. Yeah, but I knew that was wrong. Okay, so. What do you think of the Giants so far? Uh, also, they've improved. I mean, you know, the Cowboys were kind of 1-2 with the Eagles. The Giants are making a push. The Giants continue to push forward this year. 
I think the Daniel Jones thing sucks for them. <laughs> That's a lot of money to give a guy like Daniel Jones. But you also don't want to go into the offseason with change at the quarterback position when you feel like you're not that far away. Mm-hmm. You know, And if Dable believes in this kid and is like, nope, I can get what I need to get out of him, yeah, then he's a top 15 quarterback in the league. And that's enough to win if you're building the defense the right way. You've got a quality running back. You're getting quality wide receivers. I think it makes sense. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of money, but that's what you pay for a QB at that age. It's coming up for a new deal. That's what, it, you know, unfortunately got to do. Um, we signed Cooper Rush, our backup, for $3 million a year, and I feel like we stole him, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but if I signed a running back for $3 million a year who plays, you know, 20 snaps a game, I'm like, that's kind of expensive, you know? Yeah. So it's just, it, quarterbacks are weird, man. Quarterbacks are weird. Yeah, but you need one. Obviously, backups are important, as we've seen that happen. Oh, yeah. Hey, I'll, I'll switch it into commanders for that thing. They're bringing in Jacoby Brissett now. One-year, $8 million deal. Uh, Jacoby Brissett's kind of a, I guess he's, people take his job, right? No, that, I mean, Jacoby He Brissett was Mr. Could, take your job. Yeah. He could uh, do but it now there. he's at the point of Mr. have this job. <laughs> uh, you know, if, if Jacoby's in there, they're like, you want this? Jacoby's in it, but we can't wait until he's not. Yeah. Uh, by all means, move him the fuck out if you can. But he might be uh, for these commanders unless they make a big move. Big I mean, what did, move. what did we talk about, right? They're like, we're ready to move forward with Sam Howell as our starter. Jacoby Brissett is immediately better than Sam Howell. Yeah. You know, there's not a fucking chance Sam Howell beats out Jacoby Brissett for this fucking thing. You know, if you're Ron Rivera... You're Ron Rivera. You're like, I need a quarterback that can get things done. And Jacoby Brissett can get things done. He's no longer, you no longer think he's got like this high fucking ceiling where, you know, we're a little bit, we're like, hey, maybe he's going to be something. But you know he's better than Sam Howell right now. Yeah. So it still opens up the opportunity for Washington to maybe go after a quarterback that falls or drops. Um, but yeah, or they just, you know, hold tight and say, hey, we're going to go with this this year. And, you know, next year Ron Rivera won't be here. We'll have a new uh, <laughs> owner. We'll have a new head coach and we'll have a new quarterback. Um, they are bringing in for the offensive line, Andrew Wiley, Nick Gates. Uh, they got yeah. Cam Dantzler off of uh, waivers, and the Vikings cut him. And then they are paying Deron Payne uh, four years, $90 million contract. I think this makes him the highest paid defensive tackle that is yep. not named Aaron Donald. Right. Yeah. It's. I mean, Deron Payne is very good. Sure. Let's not let's not be crazy about that. This is a lot of money for a D tackle that is not named Aaron Donald. Mm-hmm. Um, Deron Payne is very very good. He's not even the best defensive lineman on his own team though. Yeah, and that's that's the worry that I have is he's maybe two or three, uh, but he's not the number one guy. And so when that's the case, when you're paying a not number one guy ninety million dollars, you do open up the potential for resentment. Hopefully these guys are like, hey, if they're giving out the bag, maybe I'll get it next. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're looking at this, you know, uh, Durant, who the fuck did he get into it with? Um, oh, his fight? Yeah. That was like a practice thing, right, with another side? No, it was during the game. Oh. Yeah, Durant Payne got into a fight during the game. What the fuck was it? Who did he get into the fight with? Oh, Jonathan Allen, his team. Yeah, Jonathan Allen, who yeah, is better than him. <laughs> Jonathan Allen is better and a team captain, you know? Um yeah, I mean, sure, you want him to be feisty, that's great. But yeah, the Jonathan Allen-Deron uh, Payne fight, you're like, all right, this is the guy you're bringing in, and now Jonathan Allen, where is he going to come at Deron Payne from a leadership standpoint? Um, if you're like, hey, this is our fucking guy. Like, he's getting paid more than Chase Young. Yeah, John Allen, Jonathan Allen's uh, quote on that. Shit happens. I don't think it takes a rocket scientist. <laughs> all right, great. True, true. Um, 
Let's go to the West. Let's go to the West because uh, Javon Hargrave ended up in a very important position here. San Francisco, good God, in that offensive line. Four-year, $84 million deal. He gets $40 million guaranteed, but yeah, gets to line up next to, um, you know, the Bosa Bosa. kid and, yeah. Just disgusting. There's just so much goddamn talent on that defensive line. It's unreal. They're bringing you know, in uh, Cleland Farrell, too. Uh, he'll be a, a, a situational guy. Rotational? That's yeah. fine. That's exactly what he should have been. He that's, It is not Cleland Farrell's fault, fault that Mike <laughs> Mayock went right. crazy for him. That's not Farrell's fault. Get that bag. Do your thing. He was a second rounder at best. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Isaiah Oliver coming in for cornerback for them. And uh, Sam Darnold. Backup QBs. Well, San Francisco needs a few backup QBs, as we found out. Yeah, they're allowed to carry six this year. Is that right? <laughs> well, yeah, they have a, they have a few that just won't count towards the the uh, the final numbers. But no, um, you know, Garoppolo's gone, but I think the other Lance and Purdy, I think, are sticking around. So Sam Darnold becomes the third guy in that that room, as far as I understand. Unless one of these guys is trade bait now. And, and with that UCL injury, I mean, we might be looking at Sam Darnold as an early season starter. Good Strange point. as that sounds. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, and then the Seahawks, they give their QB, Geno Smith, the extension. Now, he gets three years, $105 million. What do you think of this one? Once again, this is what we're paying for quarterbacks now, right? Where it's it's less than what we're uh, giving fucking Daniel Jones, and I think he's equivalent. So well, and I'm also that, saying he gets three seventy-five million deal that has a max of one hundred five. So it's yeah, going to take I, all the incentives to get to one hundred five. I think this makes total sense for Geno Smith. You know, he's still kind of betting on himself. Also, right. this is more money than he's ever going to make right. uh, in the rest <laughs> of his life. He's also thirty-two years old. Like. You know you're signing this contract. They're looking for somebody in your final year. That's just stays the in goes. the best position he's been to in Seattle. This is this yeah. is the best he's looked in the NFL. So he might as well stick around. If if things work out for Daniel Jones, he's getting a second contract with the Giants. If things work out with Geno Smith, he's probably still not getting a second contract with the Seahawks. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Like that to me, that's the difference. Um, Draymond Jones getting paid there um, gets a nice amount. Right away, twenty three and a half million is year one. Yeah, he Dem- heard everything Russ was talking shit about Seattle. He's like, "Well, I want to get the fuck out of here. I'll, <laughs> I'll go there." It sounds like they make good decisions on quarterbacks. And then Devin Bush and Julian Love joining the Seahawks, so they're trying to move some things around. Now the other rest of this division, not a lot going on. The Cardinals, um, they re-signed in some people. Kelvin yeah, Beecham, they got no money though. Kelvin Beecham, they re-signed, even though he's like bashing uh, the QB on. Radio shows. I don't know if you heard that. I don't know if he's bashing. He just says that uh, Kyler Murray quote needs to grow up, uh, which is also true. He also, you know, uh, Kyler Murray is legally someone's child. I'm sure. Yeah. Like he's just a very, very small person, and he's cocky as fuck, and he's got bad ankles. Like eventually, you just got to figure that shit the fuck out. I low key though, I, I do want to talk real quickly about Devin Bush. Devin Bush amazingly oh. is only 24 years old. Yeah. Um, I know I'm a Michigan man, but he's only 24 years old. The fact that I thought he got taken too high by the Steelers, but I think this is a great value by the Seahawks. I think he's he's going to fit in real well where Bobby Wagner was I remember um, a couple years ago. So Steelers I think Steelers trading up for him, yeah, and I'm surprised. Yeah, they're already moving on from him, but I didn't. Yeah, they changed. They've changed around. Well, I don't know. We'll see what the Steelers do. Yeah. Um, the Cardinals bringing in Kaiser White, linebacker. The Rams then, that's the other side here. They they got Hunter Long in a trade with the Dolphins. A lot of trades for tight ends, a lot of tight ends moving now. And maybe yeah. that is a little look into this prospect class of tight ends we're looking into, saying uh, the, the, the 
uh, front end guys of uh, the NFL going, um, I'm going to take my chances trading for a guy or yeah. going and picking up a guy in free agency. Yeah. It's crazy out here, man. It's crazy. Um, we got to get to that, but I, we're still going through this NFC. So let's speed it up a little bit. Uh, the Saints. I'm going to go into the South. The Saints bringing in Derek Carr for QB. Four years, $150 million. Uh, yeah, this makes total sense. I mean, this is about what he was making in Vegas. And once again, when he's on his shit, he is a top 12 quarterback in the league. So I think this makes sense. He's an immediate improvement over Winston and Dalton. Yeah. So. And this is like the first thing that happened since we didn't do the, the episode there. So it's been two weeks. We're trying to catch up on this stuff. Saints mm-hmm. also bringing in Jamal Williams, uh, tight end Juwan Johnson, uh, defensive tackle Kalen Saunders. I think it makes total sense. Yep. And then, you know, bringing back Michael Thomas for a one-year $10 million contract, do you think that makes sense? Uh, yeah, because I'm, I think he has a chance to kind of rebuild um, yeah. his position. I mean, he might wind up signing a decent deal uh, next year, and then they get a compensatory pick for it. So I think it makes sense. Oh, it might, it might be working his non his void years and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Falcons. Falcons are also they're bringing in Taylor Heineke for QB. Uh, they did a tight end trade for Janu Smith with the Patriots. Caden uh, Ellis. Oh, and Jesse Bates. Jesse Bates getting paid big to come play safety for the Falcons. Yeah, big money in Atlanta. I think that. I mean, Jesse Bates is a really, really good safety. Um, yeah. Somebody said, I can't believe Jesse Bates is only 26. Feels like he's been in the league for like 10 years. The but, uh, uh, very, Bengals very lost true. both him and Von Bell. Von Bell going to the Panthers for their safety. Um, all of a sudden, Bengals, yeah, let their two awesome safeties out the door. But if you remember, they actually drafted a safety out of, uh, what is it, out of Michigan last year, if you remember. Oh, it has to be a guy we yeah. looked at. Yeah, um, I'm trying to remember his fucking name. I got um, the list. Daxton Hill? Sec. I got it. Yeah, Daxton Hill. So Daxton Hill was a guy they took in, I want to say it was the first round. And Missouri. so he's a natural safety, so he's going to be taking over that position, and it just makes sense to me. Ah, okay, okay. Um, and they still have Michael Thomas, the other Michael Thomas. So it's uh, Dax Hill and Michael Thomas. Are, it's Yes, I think their safety core in the Bengals has downgraded, but Dax and Hill might be an upgrade if he can get his shit together. The other people, the Panthers, are bringing in Miles Sanders, Hayden Hurst. Uh, we said Von Bell and Shai Tuttle. Um Buccaneers, Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield going to Tampa. I think I texted you, uh, Baker's in his, you know, pay for pay for pain uh, phase of his career where it's like he's just going there to get the shit kicked out of him because nobody in the Buccaneers is going to do real well this year. Yeah. I'm a little surprised they didn't uh, start the second rounder, uh, Kyle Trask out of Florida. Trask would probably get his shot here, but I have a feeling, you know, I mean, Tom Brady, whatever, was going to take as many years there, but. The Baker Mayfield pickup tells me that yeah, they're not totally sold on Kyle Trask, just kind of oh, yeah. scooping it up. But it's it's not a lot of money. You know no. what I mean? It's not a lot of money. So it does make sense that it's like you're going to be able to come in here and compete for a starting role, Baker, but we also have a second-round draft pick we want to test too. Yeah. So unless you win it going away, Kyle Trask is right on your heels. Yes, and I believe that, and I 100% believe that Baker was sold the, uh, the starting capability there, yeah. Uh, all right, well, that's the NFC. Let's jump through the AFC. Uh, the Dolphins with the Jalen Ramsey trade. So let's start with the AFC East. That was probably yeah. the biggest trade news we haven't hit yet. Uh, Jalen Ramsey goes to uh, the Dolphins, gets a new deal, and the Rams are getting a third rounder 
and a tight end hunter. Yeah, you know, the tight end hunter long in that trade that we got to get about. those tight ends, man. Um, yeah, third rounder for Jalen Ramsey is just so f- what a fucking good deal. I mean, mm-hmm. this is a great deal by Miami to get the uh, top five corner in the NFL for a third round pick. It's you insane. Think he still like, is still top five. Jaylen? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Jalen, yeah, Jalen Ramsey has still got it. How many more years he's got it? I think he's got two. Um, and, yeah, that's yeah. It. Well, that's you're right. That's cornerbacks. That's absolutely right. Uh, the, to, to, I'm just kind of running through the list here now for the AFC. Mike White here. There's another yeah. uh, backup QB for your your room because they've former made it clear Cowboy. that two is the guy. Yep, former Cowboy. Um, anybody else say Brian New? Yeah. Braxton Barrios. Two is brain turns to mush. <laughs> um, that's about it for the Dolphins. Um, they're bringing a lot of people back. They re-signed their their running back room and stuff with uh wilson and mostert uh mm-hmm. patriots they trade or they signed juju smith schuster for uh wide receiver and james robinson for running back and also mike gasicki tight end so there's a lot of new offensive weapons for the patriots all at reasonable bargains uh not bad. which is you know not entirely surprising juju was pretty young when he came into the league so he's probably not up there too much in age but this is his third team now i want to um, say juju's 26 still god yeah, yeah. i know I mean, like because he say? was like the youngest player yeah 26 right on it there you are his first year in the league uh anybody else knew they brought in it looks like riley reef is coming probably his backup tackle has uh, to be and then a lot of re-signs for the uh the patriots they're going to give jonathan jones a good amount of money 13 million guaranteed over two years lots That's, of money yeah good for him uh the jets so the jets are doing what they can without knowing who their quarterback's going to be yet. Uh, or do they know? They're not telling us. But uh, the little um, wish list that was leaked, do, do yeah. you believe that was Rodgers? Do you believe that was like Rodgers saying, I like these players after they asked? What do you think that came from? I I'd very much doubt Aaron Rodgers came in there with a legal pad with hearts around <laughs> Alan Lazard and fucking, you know, also, if I'm Alan, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm like, hey, you know who's really appreciative of this fake list? Randall Cobb, no who kidding. is washed. Yeah. You know, Randall Cobb's like, oh, do you really want me? And he's like, I wanted you, but oh, man, I fought Mercedes for Mercedes Lewis was on that yeah, list. Dude, like, no, not a fucking chance. Aaron Rodgers is not asking for Mercedes Lewis. No, <laughs> maybe, maybe he's saying, hey, could you give Randall Cobb a job in the wide receiver room as a coach? <laughs> or could you give Mercedes Lewis a job as a tight end? Because I can see Rodgers looking out for his friends in that way. Uh. But, I, yeah, there's not – unless Aaron Rodgers is completely lost – his independent assessment of talent. There's no way he wants to continue throwing the ball to Randall Cobb or Mercedes Lewis. But he's got Alan Lazard at least there, so he knows somebody. Who's fine, you know? Yeah. And it's that I get. You want a guy like Alan Lazard who's like, you know you're not going to be challenging Garrett Wilson for the number one spot. Mercedes Lewis is 38 fucking years old. Did you realize that? That's insane. Yeah. No, that's why yeah, I, I sure. it was a joke. These are buddies. You, I don't think why Mercedes- don't you move his ass to New York and just hang out with him, dude? Yeah. Like That's so much easier. Um, yeah, I, I think it makes sense to bring in a guy like Lazard who is going to be able to teach younger wide receivers the way you like to operate, you know, mm-hmm. and is going to be able to have those conversations more one-on-one kind of advocate for you. So that makes sense. But I don't understand the Odell Beckham thing. Um, unless Odell Beckham has shown me things that he's not showing any, or shown Aaron things he's not showing anyone else that like he can still play and his knees aren't made of balsa wood. Yeah. Well, we'll see about that, but other than that, AFC East, you got the Bills. Kyle Allen's—they're gonna be their backup QB now. Um, Connor McGovern 
is a new signing. And other than that, they were able to bring back Matt Milano and Jordan Poyer, who they thought they were going to lose at least probably one of those guys. Yeah. So Buffalo trying to tread water too. That's the toughest thing to do when you're uh, you got the team you like. Is uh, okay now. How do I afford these guys for a few years? Um, let's talk about the AFC North. Not a lot of moves here, but obviously the one big thing we need to talk about is the non-exclusive franchise tag to Lamar Jackson. <sighs> this Crazy. also happened this week uh, or last two weeks. Um, the stuff comes out about uh, that he's going to be available to talk to the contract, and immediately we hear from like four or five teams who need quarterbacks say they're not even going to go after him. Um, this is a year removed, or is it just a year removed? Yeah, from two years. Two years. Well, I'm thinking from the Deshaun Jackson thing. Oh, yeah, one year from Deshaun Jackson. Where it did, yes, it blew up in every Deshaun Watson. Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. Watson, yeah, Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Watson thing where it blew up in those uh, front office faces. Anyone who had a QB who was told, yeah, we're looking to talk to Deshaun Watson, oh, now this is a problem. Lamar Jackson is a starting quarterback as well, so I can get it why you wouldn't want to upset a incumbent starter. But the Falcons... The who else came out like out of their way to say we're not interested in in pursuing it? The Saints like that was before Carr was there, whatever. It's just yeah. weird. Not even gonna talk. So, to I actually don't think it's that weird. Okay. Um, for the very simple reason that we are nowhere near, um, the end of the fucking. Uh, I'm trying to find out where the exact date is. But I want to say your non-exclusive franchise. What are your deadlines? Oh, when it's when it's due up or whatever for the Ravens. Yeah. To pay. So like, no one is going to make an offer until damn near the end of that window. You know what I mean? So hmm. why would you say, oh yeah, we're gonna we're absolutely going to make an offer on him, and uh, that'll be fucking great. Um, I'm trying to find the window. I want to see when it ends. Because I think right before, it's like, hey, you either sign this fucking franchise tag or it's over. Um, I think we're going to see like three or four teams, namely the Colts, which make a ton of sense because they wouldn't give up this year's first-round pick. You know, basically mm-hmm. say, hey, we can bring in Lamar Jackson and get a number four overall pick. I feel pretty good about that shit. The Falcons make a ton of sense. Teams that don't already have an established starter. Yeah. Like what what can how can you go wrong making an offer for a guy like Lamar Jackson? It doesn't well, make sense. That's why I thought it was weird that they came out immediately and said they're not going to. So maybe that's just a that's just words. It's a smoke they say. screen. Yeah. It's all smoke screen shit. But I think also Lamar's got himself an uphill battle because what, he's his own agent still? You know, there's nobody talking on his behalf about this money. So you've got, you know, if, if somebody's telling you you're not worth the amount that you're asking for, how do you keep hurt feelings out of the out of the business room there for Lamar? I feel like that's got to be part of what's going on here and why that these contract negotiations aren't going anywhere for a guy who's been an MVP in the past. Yeah, I mean, if he wants that much money, I mean, we're talking about Daniel Jones, right? Daniel Jones is making $40 million a fucking year. Lamar Jackson is better than Daniel Jones. Yeah, you say so. <laughs> <laughs> sure, but that's, you know, it absolutely is. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't, I don't understand why no one has even made an offer except that they are waiting to get closer to that, that deadline. Do you, you know think, I mean? the, do you think there's any pressure on this guaranteed money stuff? I mean, there's probably a lot of front office people that really dislike that 
contract given to uh, Watson last year. Everything was guaranteed. I don't think the front office like giving guaranteed money out. I think they want a way to to weasel out of these things if they can. So, well, I don't even think it's weaseling out. I think it's just they want a little bit more flexibility. Because when you fully guarantee, like you use you the guaranteed say, money, you to say be flexibility. Like, I say weasel out. It is what. Sure, it <laughs> but like they're like, hey, we don't mind giving you, you know, this many millions of dollars guaranteed. Like the Cowboys did not balk at giving Dak Prescott as much money as they did. They're like, but by the way, this four-year deal, could you sign it over the period of six years so we can defer the money around right. a little bit? So that means it's not fully guaranteed, but you're gonna get the money. Yeah. Um. So I think that's what they don't like. They don't like the fact that, oh, I've got to sit on a $45 million cap hit every year for the next five years, a la Kirk Cousins. You know, I don't love oh, that Oh, it's shit. all of it, yeah. But that's QBs. That's uh, another round. I mean, we knew Lamar's contract was going to be up there given what he's pit played. So I don't know. So we'll see. It is also, too, I think, uh, yeah, nobody wants to be the first team go in there and offer him a number that gets leaked or something and then the ravens find out oh that's all everyone's offering them we can do that you know yeah anybody can do that so we see what they end up getting offered but yeah i don't know is lamar gonna stay in baltimore i feel like that's what needs to happen for the ravens to be competitive this year but they could be looking for the long term i guess um yeah, yeah. oh i'll move on brown uh yeah. Bengals. they're bringing in orlando brown paying him quite a bit uh for i guess to be you know, right tackle again, you'd assume. And then um, that's about it. Cody Ford. Yeah, they're trying to restock up that offensive line again. Um, I'll run through the rest of the north. The Browns with uh, some re-signs. Um, who else? Not much else here. Oh, Dalvin Tomlinson they got, right? And um, Juan Thornhill safety. And then the safety. I love Juan Thornhill. Yep, and he's done good enough. I mean, three-year, $21 million here. He gets $14 million guaranteed. Steelers are bringing in old Patrick Peterson. And, you know, he's getting two years, $14 million, so good for him. I don't want to pay that much for him. <laughs> good for him. <laughs> yeah, that's too much for this version of Patrick Peterson. And, uh, yeah, okay. Well, those are the big names I'm seeing for the NFC North, um, or AFC North, excuse me. We have the... The South we haven't talked about yet. Um, Case Keenum's coming back to Houston for the Texans. Uh, Robert Woods got signed. And then, yeah, we talked about the Brandon Cooks trade. But what also happened for the Texans today is Laramie Tunsil getting the big mm-hmm. money. Three-year, $75 million contract. He gets $50 million fully guaranteed. Is he now highest paid tackle? He is. He is. With that deal, good for him. Uh, they also traded for Shaq Mason. Um, with the Bucks, so he's now in um, Houston. Kind of feels like Houston's finally on their way of of making moves. Yeah, they're making moves, and none of them are like, "Hey, we're gonna win this year." Like all of the moves are, "Hey, we need a left tackle for whoever we get at quarterback here at number two, but we're not gonna be real competitive in the South this year. But next year, you watch the fuck out because mm-hmm. uh, we're bringing in a lot of players." Uh, Colts, their uh, QB signing was Gardner Minshew. He's been there. Um, get excited. Ecubum at edge. Oh, and then they're giving Matt Gay a payday. Four years, $22.5 million to a kicker. How about that? Yeah, I mean, you know, if you got a steady kicker, man, just fucking hold on to him. It's it's worth $4 million or $5 million a year. And Colts have in a long, long time. So, you know, you kick indoors too. That's that's wonderful for kickers. That's what they want. Um, yeah. 
the Jaguars, I'm not seeing a lot of names here, but they did get their wide receiver uh, reinstated. Uh, Calvin Ridley, he's back in, everybody. Yeah, that's a huge, uh, huge advantage for them. I mean, he immediately is their number two wide receiver. Um, what, behind Christian yeah, Kirk? I th- I th- oh, yeah. I think that's fucking tremendous. I think it's great. Uh, Titans uh, resigning. And Andre Dillard's coming. Uh, Arden Key. Yeah, Titans needed to save up some money, though, so they're looking a oh, little April, different. April 21st. I was looking this up the whole time. April Thank 21st you. is the last day they can For make the an offer to Lamar, Lamar. Jackson. Okay. which is right before the draft. Interesting, yeah. So yeah. I think that's when you're going to see it, is everybody's like, all right, we don't want to get in there if the fucking, you know, if the Ravens are going to fucking sign this guy. But basically, it's going to happen before the draft. So I think somebody's going to make an offer on the 21st, uh, and the Ravens are going to have to figure that shit out. Colts go and grab them, and then they, you think they still have the fourth over? Well, yeah. How fucking hilarious would it be if the Texans are not enamored with the quarterback and the Texans are like, Hey, yeah, let's have Lamar now. <laughs> let's have Lamar and you can have our next year's. We don't give a shit. Yeah. I mean, they would love to do that. Uh, and then the West, the AFC West, Jared Stidham to the Broncos, um, along with Samaji Pirine, Mike McGlinchey, right? Got his big deal to go there. Five years, five years, 87 and a half million. It's a lot of money for McGlinchey to play right tackle. Yeah, yeah, to be a right tackle. Um, Zach Allen got a three-year deal to go there, and then I, a little inexpensive, honestly. Not bad, forty-five and a quarter, three quarters. I uh, thought he would do more. Jawan Taylor to the Chiefs. Uh, he'll yeah. be their new tackle. Four years, eighty million dollar deal. Plays the right side, but there's some thought he could still play a little left tackle, maybe as well as Orlando Brown did. Yeah, they had Orlando there. And then we had the uh, Jimmy Garoppolo signing for the Raiders. Uh, what's your thoughts on this? Derek Carr leaves Jimmy Garoppolo in. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo um, heard that prostitution was legal in Nevada and realized that he's going to get a lot of people to pay to have sex with him. Um, so he's going to be perfectly fine. Oh, he's not paying for sex. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo has ever paid for sex. Um, but I think people have paid him for it. So Jimmy G is about to really turn the turn the corner on the whole money-making process. He's going to, yeah, have a couple of jobs, you're saying. Yeah. Um, he returns to uh, that old, to, you know, head coach there, uh, McDaniel. McDaniel seems to want just his guys in there. So sure, a lot of turnover here this year for these Raiders. Uh, Philip Dorsett and Jacoby Myers would be wide receiver now. Jerry, oh, Jerry Tillery was there last year. Um, yeah. Oh, Marcus Epps. So, yeah, a bunch of former Patriots and shit. Right, the guys he likes. Um, Chargers, they do anything? Oh, well, they got to trade uh, Austin Eckler now, so he's requesting a trade. Uh, and then they did sign Eric Kendricks. Um, I think if they can sign him to a long-term deal, he'll be fine. I, you know, I think he knows where his bread is buttered. But you know, if I'm if I'm the Chargers, I'm taking a look at it. But you don't get a lot of value for running backs nowadays. Yeah, he's seen that he's been at the top of that list for fr- fantasy football uh, guys for a while, and he wants to get paid now. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, guys, whew, that I think wraps up our free agency. Uh, that's all the stuff that's been moved so far. There's a lot of tags. There's a lot of other guys that are still released. We'll get picked up. We'll try to keep on the big names as they go. And I know there's ones I missed. Um, to wrap up some of the news here, we lost Bud Grant, Vikings yep. coach legend, died at the age of 95. Very old man. I mean, the uh, Vikings um, outdoor playoff game they played against the Seahawks that's like record or second 
coldest game ever. The guy walked out there in short sleeves to show how tough he was. But old old man, I I got to see him in the the stadium once before. Like uh, I was like walking behind him just in the upper deck, and he's getting coasted around in his wheelchair. But um, Bud Grant, uh, Viking greats, took him to if not all four of those Super Bowls as head coach, three four. of the four. I think it might have been Norm Van Brocklin for the first one or something. But oh, was he? I can't remember when Bud Grant started. So anyways, yeah, that's that's the, the downer news of the week. It's a bummer. But, uh, yeah, just bummed he never got to see you guys make it to another one. But, you know, know. the same things will happen to Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Devin McCourty is retiring. So he'll join his brother who already retired, right? Yep. Been on the show. Um, and then, oh, this was a little fun little bit. The last thing here I have before we hit our tight end prospects. We're already so far into this show. XFL St. Louis Battlehawks had themselves a sold-out game of 40,000 fans there in St. Hey. Louis. And at one point, you could hear the fans chant, Screw Gronky. <laughs> the owners of the uh, Rams who sold the team away um, drove them out to L.A. there. Yeah, Cronky sucks. St. Louis still wants to sucks. still wants to enjoy some football. So St. Louis a small football. town, though, man. Small town. Like I, people forget how small the town of St. Louis actually is. Yeah. But uh, you know, we figured Green Bay has a team. Why not? Okay, Dan. We have spent fifty uh, some minutes already on the free agency. Ooh. But if you don't mind, if if I'm not keeping you from anything, can we no. talk about our tight ends? We can't. Do you want to take a break, or we feel good? I feel fine. If you feel fine. I feel fine. Um, okay. I can actually help you with this because a few of these guys are the exact same guy, so we're going to bunch them together and talk about them. Uh, I have um, six names. However many of these you want to go through, I'm I'm ready to, to take my guesses on their order. Okay. Uh, you want to take your first guess? Yeah. Okay. I say that the number one uh, tight end here you have on your board is Notre Dame's Michael Mayer. That is correct. Yeah. And it is... Uh, I wanted to say it was Michael Meyer, like the fucking uh, yeah. Halloween guy, but it is Michael Mayer, a la the greatest modern blues guitarist, John Mayer. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's right. I'm firing shots. Yeah. Uh, I'm also going to fire another shot, Scott. I gave <gasps> this boy an elite grade. Whoa, we got ourselves another elite. Are you kidding me? So Michael Mayer does a couple things that I fucking love, right? He... He ran a 4.740, which shows up on tape. That's fine. I'm not worried about that. This fucking guy's ability to kind of get open, and I saw the equivalent in the NFL. They're like, NFL comparison, Jason Witten. Abs-fucking-lutely. You know I'm going to fall in love with a Jason Witten-type tight end. Like, what what am I supposed to do? I can't resist it. He's got great size, great build, 6'4", he's about 250. uh, Absolutely mean in the fucking run block. Um Tremendous! Like I, I love the way this guy fucking run blocks. You know how much I love run blocking tight ends because if you want to be a true X factor, uh, you, you know obviously guys like Travis Kelsey, they're always going to split out wide. They're always going to be wide receiver right. options. But Travis Kelsey can also fuck you up in the run game. Mm-hmm. Rob Gronkowski could fuck you up in the run game. Michael Mayer, when he gets a couple technique tweaks, he's going to be able to fuck you up in the run game, and it's really really nice. They talk about you know. Um, the way he gets separation with his routes are very good on like the quick shit. Like he finds zones. His zone awareness is so good. Um, it seems like he runs at the same speed through everything. Um, runs at the same speed after the catch. Runs at the same speed on uh, outs. Runs on buttons. Runs on zone sit downs. Runs on streaks. Mm. You know, this is not a guy that is going to be 
burning you with top-end speed. But if you play a zone against Michael Mayer, he is going to find a spot, and you're going to be able to find this guy for seven, eight, nine catches a game. That's what I'm looking for for a tight end who's also going to get in on a hard-running option or Zoline shit and absolutely run down a dude's throat. Yeah. So I I loved what I saw on this video. You're right. The comparisons are Jason Witten at NFL.com and Draft Network. Uh, Draft Buzz said Mark Andrews, which is... The Andrews one I really like. You know how high I was on Andrews, yeah. too. Um, the one thing I'll say is similar with Andrews, tremendous catch radius. Yeah. Tremendous catch radius. Um, he runs like Gronkowski after the ball. Not not as good. Gronkowski was so good after the ball. and was just such a freak. But he runs kind of like a deer where he's just, once he gets the ball in his hands, he's just so excited to go. Um the, the one limitation, like I said, is not he does not have that elite speed. He is not a Travis Kelsey type. He is His hands, though, are really, really good. They're really soft for a tight end. Yeah. Um, so I, he's not going to have a lot of drops. He's always focused. He runs good routes. Um, I, I don't think you can go wrong taking Michael Mayer. He is pretty much everybody's number one uh, tight end, too, which made it an easier choice for me this, this time, too, for these prospects that you would be your number one guy. His prospect, though pick is first round but middle to later first round his projection right now is around 21 overall where the chargers are sure um but once again you're an elite prospect i can see somebody taking him in the top 10 um the one limitation that he has is where do you even if you take an elite running back where do you take an elite running back where do you take an elite tight Tight end end. yeah yeah you know go for your tight end spots yeah i would be shocked honestly personally to see him fall past 15 he's that good I would be nice. shocked to see him fall past 15. Um, and I said this to you, too, and I like it. If you look up a picture of him, I don't know the guy, but, you know, Notre Dame, he looks like he could play, like, the bully in the 80s movie. That's what you want. Like, trip down the kid, shove down his uh, his uh, food tray, and, like, get out of here. You're not, you're no good. And, but he's from Kentucky. You know, he looks like a fucking Ken doll, honestly. Yeah, that's what I was You saying. know? Um, okay. You're but no- Notre, name a bad Notre Dame tight end. No, you're right. I'm Kyle right. Rudolph was a Notre Dame guy that I had for many, many years. Yeah, Anthony Fasano. Like, there's been such a string. Like, Notre Dame produces tight ends. It's man. a good they tight, are a end, tight school. end university. There's one. Uh, there's another one too that uh, produces tight ends. We're going to talk about today too. But the next. Oh, one, I thought we skipped over uh, Iowa. No, I thought there was one. Oh, you're right. We, we don't skipped over talk Iowa. About we can talk about Florida. him if you want to. No, he's not on your list. It's just a guy that will we'll bring him up because obviously we've. Sam he's, Laporta. He's around that area, yeah. Yeah. Laporta. Sam Laporta is different, though. I'm, I actually, since I sent the list to you so long ago of, like, the guys we were looking at, you do, Sam yeah. Laporta was a guy that I was like, I wish, in hindsight, I kind of wish we had done him because he's an Iowa guy. Yeah. And Iowa's are, that, that's what I was thinking, too. You're right. You, you knew mm-hmm. what I was talking about. Um, okay, your second guy. This is a little different. We see different guys in this order here, but I'm guessing here on uh, the Georgia player, Darnell Washington. That is incorrect. Ah, is it going to be Utah? Uh, it is Utah's Dalton Kincaid. Okay, all right. Which makes but sense. You, which Kincaid one do you want to talk there. about? I want to talk about Kincaid. Okay, so Dalton Kincaid, um, similar build to Michael Mayer. Um, probably, honestly, a better athlete. It strikes me as a guy that on film looks a little faster. Routes are probably a little better. Um, especially on like the mid range, so like he's fitting more of that Travis Kelsey mold. Mm-hmm. The problem is he's not a good blocker. wasn't really asked to block, uh, but when he did, seemed like he got you know guys could get up under his pads. He played really high for six foot four, 
um, which is which is great when you're running routes. It's not so good when you're an inline blocker. So that was a problem for him. Um, his hands are fine. They're they're fine. There's nothing elite about them. Um, he's going to be able to make all of the catches at the NFL level. I can see this guy going in the late first round, early second round. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's he needs to work on his body. Um, he's very long and lean, even though he's about the same size as Mayer. Mayer just seems like he's more muscled out. That's interesting. Yeah, because the comparisons say that too. The NFL.com says Zach Ertz. Draft Network says sure. Greg Dulcich. Yeah, I, th- I mean, he's better than Dulcich, but I, I think... Yeah, that's it's a so similar body. body. He's a long, lean tight end, where Michael Mayer is a thick boy tight end. Which they have his uh, prospect spot, uh, mock spot about where you're saying too, late first round, um, projected maybe Chiefs at 31, somewhere around there. So that makes That'd sense. It'd be interesting to see him go to the Chiefs. Yeah. You know, just kind of a, this is Travis Kelsey 2.0. Yeah, this is, you know, teach him everything you, you do. and, and what Yeah, they're not going to ask you to block as a tight end for the Chiefs. You know that shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought, though, maybe it would be Darnell Washington. Uh, he is a big boy. Um, is mm-hmm. he your next guy on this list? He is not. Wow. Okay. So I, I know who it is, but I'm surprised because I sometimes he's he's up there, sometimes he's not. So it's just kind of dependent on where you look at it. But go ahead with, uh, since we're talking about Washington, let's talk about Washington. So Darnell Washington is a guy that um, absolutely – blew up the fucking combine mm-hmm. destroyed it 11 inch hands six foot seven 264 ran a 264 40 had a crazy 10 yard split great jump great broad jump oh god just if you want just an absolute freak athlete at the tight end position with a frame that you can build on to turn into like one of the elites of all elite uh darnell washington is what you're looking for but then you watch film and you realize that Darnell Washington does not run routes at all. Uh, Darnell Washington, with all that strength and power, does not run block well. Um, and it kind of sets wide. Like, he he's trying to hold guys because he's so fuck. Like, he's a big dude. He's strong. Yeah. But the technique is just so bad. Yeah. Um, his technique watching film is not very good. The physical layout, like the physical abilities this guy possesses are tremendous. And for that reason, I can't see him falling out of the second round. But to me, he is he is as pure of a second round draft pick as you can make. It's a guy that came from a good school, had low level production, but a crazy high physical upside. So to me, I'd say probably mid second round is where Darnell Washington's going to go. That is where he's been mocked mostly uh there's been some you're right since combine he's kind of raised up there an early second or even dipping into the end of the first round like Bengals 28th overall seeing something like that yeah i but, think that's a mistake and you're talking it, once again three tight ends going in the first round that seems unheard yeah. of and it's it, but it's the film right you got to watch the film I, I can definitely see three tight ends go in the first round i'd be very shocked if it was him yeah. just for the film you know and people say like well, Rob Gronkowski wasn't as developed of a... Like, Rob Gronkowski missed his junior season due to injury, but his sophomore film is fucking disgusting. Mm. It's so good. Like, Rob Gronkowski is crazy fucking good on his sophomore film. Uh, we didn't have those injuries with Darnell Washington. We just didn't have the production. Right. You know, on a, on a team where he absolutely could have produced, Stetson Bennett was looking for him all the fucking time. <laughs> he just couldn't get open. Um, the uh, comparisons for him uh, do seem more like 
Yeah, kind of block and tight. Darren Fells for NFL.com and the draft buzz. Hey, Mercedes Lewis. And that's what I don't understand. Like, I, the Darren Fells thing I don't get. Uh, I get Mercedes Lewis, but Mercedes Lewis was a much more complete tight end when he came out. He was big and long, but he used his strength well. Yeah. I think we would be, I, I think Darnell Washington would be lucky to turn into a Mercedes Lewis. I think Mercedes Lewis is like the top end of his abilities, if I'm being honest. Um, whereas Darren Fells was a really good run blocker. Um, and I don't think Darnell Washington has that, so I don't I don't love that as an equivalent. Okay, so yeah, so Darnell Washington is not uh, your number third, but you say you could see maybe three first round tight ends. The guy then that would be up there has to be the Oregon State's Luke Musgrave. That is correct. Okay. Uh, Luke Musgrave, another long lean guy. I was I was gonna say if we wanted to save time, we could just do him and Dalton Kincaid at the same because they're the same fucking guy. Yeah. Um. Luke Musgrave, a little bit taller, a little bit, um, little bit heavier, but not really a, a change. Um, yeah, good athlete, but once again, problem in the run game. Um, doesn't have as good of a route tree developed uh, as Dalton Kincaid does, and I think Kincaid's hands are a little better than his too. Um, this is another guy that I think isn't as naturally athletic or trust. Like, Michael Mayer is shorter than... Uh, Luke Musgrave. Michael Mayer has a wider catch radius and a more consistent catch radius than Luke Musgrave. Does that make sense? Okay. Yep. I got you. Just because he's not as big, it doesn't mean he doesn't have the same uh, availability. I feel like Musgrave is a little tighter when the ball is coming his way. So maybe you can work him out of that. Maybe you can get him to use uh, the full breadth of his physicality. And if that's the case, yeah, this is a guy I can see going in the first round and being a good pick. Um, but to me, I have him rated as like early second round. Yeah, like a guy we'll be talking about after the first round's done that Thursday night uh, heading into Friday. I think uh, the NFL.com comparison has Miss Dallas Goddard. Uh, I thought Goddard was a better run blocker coming out. Uh, and Goddard was also a thicker, if I'm, if I'm not wrong. I think Goddard was a little smaller. Okay. Um, I would say this. Um, he reminds me a lot of Gavin Escobar, as an old Dallas Cowboy tight end. Um, that never was able to supplant Jason Witten, but he was a good. You know, he was a good tight end there for a little while and very productive at San Diego State. So, um, we talked about how we're not really going through Sam Laporta, but uh, a lot of mocks would have him as the next guy in about fifth in this one. After him would be who I believe is next on your list. From South Dakota State, Tucker Craft. Mm -hmm. Tucker Craft. You're probably looking at Tucker Craft somewhere in the third or fourth round. Mm -hmm. Um, Once again, he's in a very similar species um, to the Luke Musgraves of the world. You know, he's 6'5", 250. Um, He is a better blocker, though. He's a better blocker. So he doesn't do anything better than Luke Musgrave except for block. And so, like, Luke Musgrave's a better route runner. I think Luke Musgrave's a little faster. I think Luke Musgrave's got better hands. But I think uh, Tucker Craft is a better run blocker, is a is a pick that you can make in the third round and go, this guy's going to make our team. I don't know if he's ever going to be a number one tight end, mm-hmm. but he's going to make our team and be productive from the get-go. And so I like that in a third-round pick. Yeah, that's what where, I'm looking for in a third round. Yeah, it, your third-rounder, like, sure, you want to take a shot on a guy that's like, oh, God, he's got all the – all the talent in the world, but ooh, he's got some limitations. But in in all likelihood, you're going to get a guy that is a yeah, rotational starter, sort of, you know, number two tight end, number two tight end with a bullet where it's like, 
when you run two tight end packages, you're like, oh, this is my fucking guy. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if your number one tight end goes down, you're like, ah, we probably need a better tight end. And so that's that's just how this guy feels to me. It's not saying that he's a bad player. Um, but once again, this is a third. I could see him falling to the fourth round. I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. You want all the other tight If you need a tight end to jump on your field, start playing right away uh, on your team, you want one of those first few guys. This is a guy that won't be in there right away, but he's going to be a well, serviceable you know, blocker on times. But I would actually say you can put him in right away because oh, okay. he's not he's not going to have the functional strength limitations of a Dalton Kincaid or a Luke Musgrave. Okay, you know he's, what I mean? he's got that. Yeah, he's got that functional strength. Him for him, it's the ceiling. You know, I think the ceiling of Luke Musgrave and Dalton Kincaid is so much higher. Ah, and obviously, okay. the the ceiling on Darnell Washington is limitless. You mm-hmm. know, if you can actually get him to figure his shit out, he's you know he's Gronk two point um, but I think you can take a guy like Tucker Craft, feel good about putting him in as a rookie and getting consistent productivity from a guy whose fundamentals and technique are very good, but his athleticism isn't necessarily there. Okay. Uh, the NFL comparison they had for him was Pat Fryermuth. Yeah, I'm actually going. I'm going to give you an Anthony Fasano, okay. um, who I know went in the in the second round, but I yeah, I think he's probably more of an Anthony Fasano type. Um, uh, okay. Well, that leaves us with just the last guy that we wanted to discuss here for tight ends, uh, Miami's Will Mallory. So I want to address two things with Will Mallory. Uh, number one, the reason why we picked him is because Will Mallory was on our list last year. That's right. Yeah. I was going to say the name sounded familiar. So this is something I try to do. If I have a guy on the list that I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a guy that I thought, like, Will Mallory probably had make like a second or third round grade last year. Mm. He went back to Miami and did not help himself. No. Um, he kind of exposed the fact that he might be athletically limited. You know, he's 6'5", 245. He's a pretty good run blocker. But I think it also made sense that when he went back, it was probably because the initial reviews on him were like, yeah, I know you've been productive in Miami, but I don't know if you're going to be anything higher than like a second round pick, you know, second or third round pick. I see. Um, so his his last year, his junior year when he was coming out, he only caught 30 balls for 347 yards, which is not great, right? It's not awesome. Yeah. Uh, this year he caught 42 for 538 with three t- with three TDs. He needed to come back as a senior year and and be explosive kind of show that yeah, difference number, yeah but at the age of 23 once again this is a guy that i don't think has the top end but is a guy that you can take in the fourth or fifth round and can help you right now he's just not a sharp route runner he's not he's got decent hands he's athletic enough and engaged enough as a blocker to be fine but he is that many um he's that many degrees below um Tucker Craft, in my mind, that he's going to be like two or three rounds below him. That is still pretty interesting, though. Yeah, a guy that you've kind of been following through a little bit through the college career. You talk about how, you know, we're not watching him that closely, but uh, ready to, to discuss him last year. He decides to stick around for his senior year. Not all players do that. They they chase that bag when they can. Decides to stay in Miami one more year. Maybe dings his his draft spot, but. Who knows what, how that's going to end up with his, you know, full NFL career? But yeah, you're right. This mock's like sixth round, maybe undrafted. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's nobody's making comparisons for the guy now, so I don't have one of those for you either. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. I mean, well, that's the thing. Will Mallory was one of those guys where, you know, once again, 
almost every tight end in the NFL now is at least six foot four or six foot five. Like yeah. that's just kind of what the fuck happens. Like if you're a big white boy and you don't have the dietary ability to be an offensive lineman, or you don't want to be a center go, or something. You for- don't want to be a center. You you probably go and you play tight end. You got a little bit of wiggle in you, and you know the quarterback seems to like you. Uh, that's kind of where you go, and that's that's Will Mallory. Where yeah, he's gonna make a team. I you know there's certain guys that. We're like, hey, he went undrafted, but he'll make a team. He, Will Mallory's going to make a team. Hmm. Um, and I think he'll stay through it with the entire year because he's not going to be super expensive. He's sixth round. And, uh, yeah, I think I think he'll wind up being a fine rotational dude in the NFL. But he's like the, what is he, like the 12th rated, 12th or 13th rated tight end? Oof, yeah, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. You're right, 12 or 13th right around there, yeah. yeah. Not great. Yeah, when he was, yeah, when he was coming out um, – I think when he went to Miami, he was like the number two or number three uh, tight end prospect coming into Miami, you know, tight end university. So there's always, you always watch the Miami tight ends. Like I I make it a habit. Like we're always kind of going to talk about a Penn State linebacker. We're always kind of going to talk about, you know, honestly, at this point, an Iowa State running back. Um, so you're always going to talk about certain schools. I'm, I actually made a change to not talk about an Iowa tight end because I wanted to talk about a Miami tight end who's in the fifth or sixth round. Yeah. Maybe this is why not enough people listen to our podcast, Scott. <laughs> what are you talking about? Everybody <laughs> listens. Uh, yeah, to do that, let's go real quick. The other notable tight ends you might be hearing about. Mm-hmm. Sam Laporta, Iowa. We talked about him. But again, yep. they're talking third round, though, for him. So notable how, I don't know. Uh, after Tucker Craft, there's a drop down to like your Michigan boy, uh, Luke Schoonmaker, yep. tight end, and then maybe Cincinnati Josh Wiley, who's kind yeah. of fallen a little bit himself. Yeah, and in, an interesting one is uh, Zach Kuntz out of Old Dominion. You just wanted uh, to say the name. <laughs> <laughs> I did, but he's also he's also six foot eight, so he's yeah, actually he's the huge. biggest tight end coming into the draft. And uh, but lean, he's a big lean one. Um, and then Jaleel Billingsley out of Texas, who I think actually is is probably a wide receiver, if I'm being honest. He's like a wide receiver that doesn't have enough speed. Well, so here we go. Uh, quarterbacks, wide receivers, and now tight ends. That has led us up to 18 prospects that we have evaluated so far. And what is awesome about this year is we've already got two elite prospects on the board talked about Najigba Smith and Najigba last week Michael Mayer joins this week as the uh, best tight end you can get and the first prospect elite tight end you could get since TJ uh Hawkinson, Hawkinson. Came himself from Iowa just what three four yeah four three, years four ago. years ago uh starting this next year four years um Michael Mayer is our number one uh after him Dalton Kincaid from Utah Dan's got Luke Musgrave at three for Oregon State. Darnell Washington there at four. And there's a little bit of drop down before you get to Tucker Craft and then a big old drop down for Will Mallory. But doesn't mean that your favorite team won't be taking one of these tight ends uh, come April when it's time to do that. Um, That's it for tight ends. That's it for this free agency look here for this week. But we are coming back next week for a new class to look at, Dan. What is our prospect class? We are going to be talking about those big hog mollies in the middle. We're going to be talking about the interior offensive linemen. Uh, we're going to be talking about guys like Osiris Torrance out of Florida, mm-hmm. who uh, yeah, might uh, we might be talking uh, next week about a potential another elite Ooh. here. Uh, so I gotta I gotta dig in a little bit on Osiris Torrance, but I like what I've seen so far. Man, I feel like there's a there's a flood of elites coming here. 
Getting excited, everybody. Um, but thank you for sticking here for a nice, super long episode. When we miss a week, you get a little extra. That's, you know, we, we're we sorry that we missed you guys. We missed you so much. We just spent a little extra time with you this week. Um, crazy stats, Dan. Uh, I wanted to go back to our thing we did the last episode. We're going to do tight ends. But, uh, yeah, we'll start there. What uh, school do you think has drafted the most tight ends? I'm, I'm going to have to say Miami. Yeah, Miami would be one. Miami is 17th, which comes up what? at fourth place. 17. I mean, not oh, 17. 17 picks. 17, yeah, draft picks. I mean, then I'm I'm going to have to go with Notre Dame, right? These are big tight end universities. Number one, Notre Dame at 21. So uh, Miami was fourth, so come between Notre Dame at 20 draft picks, USC tight ends. Ooh, interesting. And, Hasn't produced one in a while, but yeah. Yeah, and then 19, Penn State. Interesting. Where's Iowa on that list? Are they even in the top five yet? Uh, a lot Georgia, of quality Michigan, recently. Wisconsin at 14, Oklahoma 13, Colorado, LSU, Stanford, and UCLA at 12. No, Iowa's not oh, there. So yet. Iowa's just been on a fucking freaky run over the past like five years, five They've or six years. from their like guards and offensive linemen to yeah. tight ends. They're just getting thinner and faster there in Iowa. Oh, um, God. It's the corn. It's, you know it's the corn. <laughs> and then finally, here's a crazy stat for the New Orleans Saints. They have not used a first or second round pick on a QB since Archie Manning in 1971. God, is that right? Oh yeah, and God, they yeah, won't they got do breeze. it again now. Yeah, no, yeah, the, no reason to go after a guy if you got Derek Carr. So there. Uh, well, who's to say they could they could fool us all? But um, that's what we have for this episode of the Push Off Podcast, everybody. Dan, please uh, send them on their way with the parting words of wisdom. If you find yourself incapable of doing any one thing really well. You should always find a role that allows you to do a bunch of things in an average way. That is what an NFL tight end is. is just a guy who does a bunch of things in a slightly above average way. The truly elites uh, do most things in an above average way and one thing in a really, really good way. So uh, just because you're not having a ton of success in your life right now doesn't mean you can't eventually uh, switch into a tight end position uh, and do something else in your personal life. So, you know, you don't have to be perfect. Just... You know, have that tight end mindset. Help where you can. Help where you the tight end mindset. Hey, guys, thanks for joining us for this episode of the Push Up Podcast. Come back next week, interior offensive linemen, more free agency news. Maybe we figure out what the Packers actually get for Aaron Rodgers. We'll ta- discuss it all here when we know. Thank you for joining us. I'm Scott. And this is Dan. We will see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.